0: This is the Omega 3D Chicken Coop, and I am your host, Eric Salsweedle. right. yes, it has been a while since I have done a podcast. About a month. So I think I'm about a monthly podcaster, and maybe if I have a good idea here or there, I'll uh, do two a month. But I doubt I'm going to be a weekly podcaster. Or daily podcaster. I just uh, frankly don't have that many good ideas. Um, And then when I do get them, I tend to think about them too much and they kind of just eat themselves. And then by the time I get free time at night, I'm like, meh, that's really not probably that interesting of a topic. So tonight, I had a topic. It was in my mind. It just came up, and I ran up here to the computer, and I'm going to record it. But first, let's get some of the uh, the intro stuff out of the way. So what's been up with me in gaming lately? Um, since GameholeCon, the gaming has been pretty limited. Um, our gaming group that we normally play on Saturday nights there's been a lot of you know pre-holiday stuff going on, and not everyone has had a lot of time to game. So our game was kind of our games were kind of on hiatus until just last night, where Mike Poswald played a dungeon crawl classic game for us, and uh, that was uh, pretty fun. And that is going to be the inspiration for the main topic, but we'll get to that next. Um, I've also was able to get a little bit of playtesting in with both Nolan and Maddox, my two boys on that game system that I've been designing, and I'm actually pretty pleased where it was at or where it is now. Um, I kind of had stalled out on it, wasn't sure where to go with a couple things here and there. Um, After some brainstorming with some uh, folks on Discord, so thanks to everyone that helped there, I was able to kind of churn some stuff out and got the rule system to a kind of a place where I like it. And we actually uh, play tested it a little bit for the attention that I was able to garner from them. Um, and the system worked pretty much how I wanted it to. Uh, a couple little tweaks here and there. And, you know, I think it'll be good to go. I'm really hoping to... At some point, um, edit that thing and get it into a, a template that is presentable, and then uh, put it on Drive through RPG as a, as a free-to-download um, game. And then let everyone who wants to play it, play it. Uh, the next time I'm planning on playing it is actually going to be at Evercon, which, uh, if you know Brett from Gaming and BS, uh, it is his convention, or he's one of the convention runners, I guess. I don't know what you call it, con- convention leader. Another topic. Anyway, uh, Evercon is here in Wisconsin. Um, it is in Wausau, which is west of here. And I managed to convince my wife that we could take a family trip to a water park hotel in Wausau. And each night at 7 o'clock, I can go do some gaming. Um, so Friday and Saturday, which I believe is January 5th and 6th, I'll be running um, two games on Friday night. I am going to run a Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells game. I'm uh, pretty pumped about that. I'm going to make actually a home brew adventure for that i um, calling it the temple of blades right now more to follow I'll talk about that once I actually write it down remember that creator anxiety thing that I was talking about previously um, so I just need to punch through that and get going and then on Saturday night I'm going to use my homebrew system which is currently untitled uh, I might be calling it the omega 3d basic role-playing game system What do you guys think? Too many words? Maybe. Anyway, I'm going to be using that system, and I'm going to be running um, Hobbs & Friends. uh, Was Hobbs & Friends with OSR? Not anymore. But Hobbs & Friends, Zine 1, which is the excavation of something that starts with an L. I don't have the little Zine anywhere up here near me, so I can't read off the exact name, but that's what I'm going to run, and I'm going to be using my game system, for that. Um, and that's what I was testing with Maddox and Nolan to see how it kind of worked. I created a system for converting monsters on the fly. So I'm pretty excited to see how that works. Um, so yeah, so that's what's going on in gaming. Now I think it's time to move on to the main topic. All right, the main topic. Uh, the game that I played in last night is actually my inspiration for this main topic. And not necessarily the game itself, but more my playing and player RPG skill in the game. So uh, just a little backstory. Um, In this game, I had uh, two characters, or actually all four of my characters survived the DCC level zero funnel. I ended up progressing with two of them on, and uh, during one adventure, one of them was was sacrificed, and his soul was trapped in a jar after he was uh, possessed by uh, this god of rot and disease or something. Anyway, um, Mike, who's the uh, the game judge judge for that game, wanted that character to come back. So he gave me an option to make that character come back. And he did. And so last night that character came back from once being possessed, stuck in a uh, jar that had arms and legs and can move around. It's very DCC and is now uh, a mutant (laughs) for reasons, right? It's very interesting. Anyway, so he comes back and he he is a lawful character and he is serving this uh, individual named Grodd, who is an agent of law as well and is trying to restore order. So my idea was that even though this character wasn't like a a true paladin or a true priest, that he's going to be a very pious lawful character devout to law and order and we want to do whatever adventures that we were going to do to kind of help people out because we'd kind of been doing that already we hadn't really been doing any adventures for um self-gain everything has been either to save the village or try to undo all the curses and bad stuff that happened to us while saving the village so i thought that that would fit in um and then uh mike decided to throw a little curveball in my plan and uh he he took a, a pre uh, published adventure and uh i don't know the name of it but um essentially we were teleported to the court of chaos and these like i don't know what they're like chaos lords or something um they want us to go to the plane of law and steal this egg that will allow the chaos people to make a new rule in the universe. So obviously my character is like, I don't want to do it. And they're like, well, then we're going to, you know, throw your soul into the sea of souls over here and you'll suffer for all eternity. It's like, well, maybe I'll say I'll do it, but then I'll try to somehow sabotage the mission or not give them the egg or whatever. So there's some role playing stuff that goes on there. And before we go off to do our mission, Um, were offered these weapons. And they said, the only way that we can hurt these agents of law on the plane of law is using these, like, black chaos weapons. And my character's like, I don't want to um, fight these agents of law on the other plane, and I'm not going to use these weapons of chaos. So he's like, I'm not taking them. I'm I'm not going to take them. Um, The thief in our party is like, well, I'll take them for him, just in case, you know. And you know, thinking back on it, I could have just took them and kept them, so they thought that I still wanted to help them, or maybe I could have brought them to someone for destruction, for proper disposal, whatever. Anyway, I, I wasn't—I'm not going to use these weapons because my character does not want to hurt any of the beings from the plane of law. He's a lawful character; he has no reason to do that. I couldn't—I couldn't think of a reason besides self-preservation, which wasn't good enough in my mind for that character to do so. So, uh, long story short, we get in a couple of conflicts and my character can't hurt anything from the plane of law. So he's pretty much useless in the fight. Like he, he physically can't even touch them. Anytime he touches them, that like his hand passes through them or he just misses. So there's, there's nothing he can really do except maybe be a meat shield and they're not really interested in him because he's not hurting them. So why would they attack him? So, what that started getting me thinking about, and actually, the judge for the game, Mike, and I were talking about this the other night, was how far do you go with the old, uh, I don't know if anyone ever experienced this with your old gaming group, or maybe experiencing now, where someone's like, well, I'm just playing my character, man. That's what my character would do. How, how far do you take that? You know, like, what, what, what is where is it you're just doing good role playing And then where's the line where it becomes trolling slash self-sabotaging slash adversarial player, you know, and, I definitely personally, that wasn't my goal. I was just like, man, I just can't come to grips with how my character would want to do this mission and how they would want to use these weapons of chaos. Right. And I, you know, I try to convey that to the other players in my group. Now we've all known each other for a long time. So I feel like we all trust each other pretty well and understand that none of us would try to troll the other person's game or try to ruin the game. So I I feel like there's a level of trust there where they know that Eric's just playing his character, and I would expect the same thing from Mark or John, that they're just playing their character, and I would trust that you know what they're doing is the right thing for their character. But it was just an interesting thought to me because you know they're growing up. The classic thing for this for uh, for our home gaming group with all of our immature teenage friends was people would play a paladin, and they would just really be difficult, right? They'd be lawful good, and they'd be like, I never attack an opponent from behind and you know i must always announce myself so they would never sneak up on the orcs they would always charge from the front they would never run away from a fight and it was just this thing and it was mostly i think one guy in in our group that kind of created this paladin persona and he was one of the more influential in our clique and so everyone else who played paladins or I won't say everyone, but it seemed like a lot of people were heavily influenced by that. And everyone started playing their paladin in this fashion. Right. So it was very frustrating because it was like, if someone's like, I'm playing a paladin, you heard this groan from the group, like, Oh, we're going to die. The paladin's going to kill us because he was just going to do something obnoxious paladiny. And, you know, it would just be a big pain in the butt. Um, So, that that's a that's an interesting thought to me, and I guess I'd kind of like to hear what other people have experienced with this, and and where is the line for that? You know, do you does your lawful good character do that? Um, is it okay if your character is a kleptomaniac that that's my character concept. So they're always trying to steal from the party. No one likes that character, by the way, if anyone's thinking about playing that character, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, So, so where, where is that line and what is right? Um, So for my friends that played with me Saturday night and Mike, my noble judge, I was not trying to troll you guys or ruin the game. I was simply (laughs) trying to play what I thought my character would do um and uh you know my character really wasn't needed for the fights we have a fighter in the group that was like just mutilating everything with his giant meat cleaver because he's got it he's starting to get a high d die and and anyway if you know dcc mechanics you know what i'm talking about he's just starting to do tons of damage and the thief could do some crazy backstab stuff so what my character not fighting wasn't um wasn't detrimental to the party yet um, we, the, the more interesting aspects of the adventure were actually the stuff that has happened to the party this, thus far, mostly our warrior. He drank some potions in a room and didn't drink them in the right order. So he's pretty messed up now. And I'm really not sure if we're going to be able to undo a lot of that. So, uh, anyway, those are just my thoughts on that. I'd love to hear what anyone else's thoughts are, um, And that's the end of the main topic. I'm going to move into some call-ins from a previous episode that individuals are commenting on.
1: Hey Eric, Tim Schwartz from Gothridge Manor here. Glad you had a great time at Gamehole Con. I haven't been up to that convention. Uh, I always say I want to go to these ones and I never seem to get up there. The two that I really want to go to is North Texas and that one's kind of falls around my birthday and then the the game hole one falls around my wife's birthday, so they're hard to get to with with those. But uh, I, I got to catch up with some of your episodes. But I was hearing about the gamer or prep anxiety and that uh, I used to get that, and I still do to a point. But I uh, I guess because I'm used to speaking to in front of people in a group of people so much that it doesn't really affect me as much. I'm always concerned that someone's having fun, but in general, I try to do the best I can. And then just, you know, hopefully get the feel it feed off the people and go from there. All right, Eric, take care.
0: Hi, Eric. This is uh, Robert from DM dad. I was just, uh, listening to your podcast about creators anxiety. Um, I can totally relate to that. I, uh, I have, uh, pretty much the, the same experience when I'm, uh, prepping material, uh, for a, for a, an RPG session, when I'm going to run a game, um, it's interesting because I'm an I am I identify as an introvert. So in a way, running an RPG is something very odd for me to to choose to do and to want to do. But I do want to do it, so I do have to kind of force myself to do it. Um, interestingly, there's um, one of the YouTubers that I follow, Draven Swiftbow. Um, he just did a a, a video on anxiety and introversion and running uh, running RPGs, and he had some really good insights. That's really worth checking out. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, a couple episodes ago, I did an episode where I talk about same anxiety that I get um, prior to creating adventures or content that i'm going to share with my fellow nerd friends and yet uh tim Schwartz there calling in um tim's a great guy to take advice from he is a creator himself uh, he does uh, he's got his own patreon he creates all these really cool um micro adventures and uh they're they're high quality and he, he makes his really neat little maps for him too that he hand draws and hand colors in and then uh dr groves his uh podcast is dm dad he focuses mostly on gaming with his kids, but I also think there's a lot more to it than just gaming with his kids. Uh, he's, he's pretty insightful on a lot of different topics, and uh, he also brings up some good points there with anxiety. And just to kind of go off a little bit more what I said in a previous episode, once I get to the table, I'm fine. I, I feel like I'm even fine once I'm like getting ready for the table and everything's all set up. It's before I even start the project is when I get that anxiety, like, oh, my God, I can't complete this thing. There's just too much to do. And then typically, once I actually start going after it, um, once I get past that initial roadblock, then the project usually goes along pretty well and I, f- and I finish something. I'm not going to say it's always good because uh, that probably isn't true. But in the end, I normally have a project. So uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for catching up on the uh, episodes and calling in. There you have it. That's a wrap for this episode of the Omega 3D Chicken Coop. That sounded pretty epic, I know. Anyway, uh, I hope you all enjoyed listening. Um, If you have any things you want to hear me talk about, send them my way. Otherwise, I'll just uh, keep thinking of things that I might want to podcast on and then probably not talk about it. Until next time, have a great day.